This program is brought to you by Bible Way Media, a work of the Ulaga Church of Christ. Greetings and welcome to the Berean Break. My name's George A. Sinke, and I'm so glad that you have tuned in to this program. In this program, we're going to learn some lessons that are taught in the Old Testament. Not that we're to live under the old law, but because God desires that we learn principles from it. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 15 and verse 4, For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, that through the perseverance and encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. Before we go into our lesson, let's go to God in prayer. Great and almighty God in heaven, we thank you for this day in our lives. May we use this time to learn better your will. As we search the scriptures, may we also search our hearts and remove those things that are contrary to your will. As we humble ourselves before you, we want to fill our lives with the truth. Thank you also for Jesus and the sacrifice that he made for us. May we submit our lives to your will so that his sacrifice was not in vain. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Old Testament is not the covenant that we live under today, but it still has a purpose for us today. Those people who look at the Old Testament as merely interesting reading deprive themselves of a great blessing. The Old Testament teaches numerous lessons that can help us to live the Christian life today. One such example lesson can be found in Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 1 through 12. Let's look at this section of scripture and see what we can learn. First, notice the assembly. In Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, And all the people gathered as one man at the square, which was in front of the water gate. And they asked Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given to Israel. Then Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could listen with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Did you notice how the people gathered together? The people gathered as one man, indicating that they possessed an attitude and atmosphere of unity. Today, God desires that his people display that same unity. Listen to the words of Jesus as he prayed to the Father concerning all who would be his followers. John recorded these words in John chapter 17, verses 22 and 23. Jesus said, And the glory which thou hast given to me I have given to them, that they may be one, just as we are one, I in them and thou in me, that they may be perfected in unity that the world may know that thou didst send me, and didst love them, even as thou didst love me. Also notice what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment, For I have been informed concerning you, my brethren, by Chloe's people, 
that there are quarrels among you. Yes, friends, God wants his people to be united. Unfortunately, many people misunderstand the Bible's teaching concerning unity. Denominations often reach out to other denominations, proclaiming their desire for unity. But Paul was not writing about unity among denominations. In fact, denominations did not even exist at the time Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. Denominations are all the products of men that came much later. Paul is stressing the need for unity in Christ's church, not a denomination. Many people want to ignore their doctrinal differences, compromise the truth, and thus seek unity at all costs. But how can we have the unity God desires? Consider Paul's words to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, entreat you that you walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which we have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing forbearance to one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. When men discard their creeds, catechisms, and opinions, and instead choose to strictly adhere to the plain teaching found in God's Word, unity will be possible. That leads us to another point that we can see here in Nehemiah chapter 8 concerning the assembly. The people, which included men and women who had understanding and wanted Ezra to bring out the book of the Law of Moses, these people had a desire to know what God's Word said. Imagine, if you will, working out in the hot sun, sweating and parched, panting for water because of your thirst. Friends, we ought to have that same thirst for God's Word. Jesus said in the Beatitudes, recorded for us in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied. Do you have a hunger for God's word? Do you seek out opportunities to hear God's word? Do you study God's word regularly? Do you read his word often? Only God's word, nothing else, can truly satisfy man's spiritual needs. Let's go on now in Nehemiah and see another point. Notice these words in Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 3. And he read from, the, from it, that's the word of God, before the square which is in front of the water gate, from the early morning until midday, in the presence of men and women, those who could understand, and all the people were attentive to the book of the law. The people of Nehemiah's day were attentive to what they heard, indicating that they concentrated on what it was being said. They listened carefully. Reading the Bible will be of no benefit to us unless we pay attention to what we read. 
Notice what the people were paying attention to. That is God's word. Many people today are led astray because they pay attention to the words of men contained in creeds and catechisms. They pay attention to the philosophies of men. They pay attention to the opinions of men. But they fail to pay attention to the simple word of God. Also, this text from Nehemiah teaches us that the Bible can be understood. Many people fail to study the Bible because they believe that they are incapable of understanding what it teaches. For years, some religious leaders in man-made religions have promoted this false concept so that their rulers can maintain control over the people. But friends, think about it for a moment. What kind of a God would give us a Bible that could not be understood by the common man? An uncaring God? An unloving God? But the God of the Bible is not unloving or uncaring. He wants us to understand his will for us. God has given us a book that can be understood by the common man. Notice Paul's words to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of the Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, which is given to me for you, that by revolution there was made known to me the mystery, as I wrote before in brief, and by referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ you can understand God's Word. That is why I encourage you to check out what I teach, so that you know that it is the truth from God's Word. Friends, another point we notice from our text in Nehemiah is the people's attitude. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verses 5 and 6. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people, and when he opened it, all the people stood up. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands. Then they bowed low and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The people stood when the book was read. This is a sign of their respect for God's word. Further, Ezra blessed the Lord. The word bless can have several meanings depending upon the way it is used. The word blessed as used in our text from Nehemiah means to speak well of or to praise. Here we also see that when the word was read, the people answered, Amen, meaning let it be done or let it be true. Friends, these people agreed with God's word. Sadly, many today choose to argue with what they read in the scriptures. One example of this is when we read Mark chapter 16 and verse 16. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. Godly people will say, Amen, Amen, to that teaching. But most people I share this verse with try to explain how baptism is not needed to be saved. 
I even had one man give me a guarantee that baptism was not necessary for salvation. Which would you trust your eternal soul to? God's word or a man's guarantee? I choose God's word. Our last point from our text is that the people's awareness of their sins. In Nehemiah chapter 8 and verses 8 and 9, it says, And they read from the book, from the law of God, translating to give the sense so that they understood the reading. Then Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites, who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people were weeping when they heard the words of the law. The people were mourning because they had been convicted of their sins. They had neglected God's restrictions concerning marriage. They failed to keep the Sabbath and had forsaken God's house. When we hear God's word, we too ought to be convicted of our sins and mourn. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 10, For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret, leading to salvation. But the sorrow of the world produces death. But the same word of God that causes us to mourn can also bring us joy. When we repent of our sins and make the necessary corrections, we can experience the joy of salvation, the joy of forgiveness, but we must obey God's word to have this joy. What can we learn from Nehemiah? We can learn that God expects us to hear his word, to give our attention to his word, to have the proper attitude toward his word, and to be aware of the changes his word demands of us. This Berean break is brought to you here in East River, South Dakota, by the Pre-Denominational Church of Christ that meets at 1600 East 1st Avenue in Mitchell, South Dakota. You are welcome to meet with us at 10 o'clock Sunday mornings for our assembly, followed by the time of Bible study, and also on Wednesday evenings at 6.30 for an additional time to study God's Word. If you have a comment or a sincere Bible question, please call or text me at 605-770-5555. The Berean Break is brought to you in West River, South Dakota, by the pre-denominational Prairie City Church of Christ. They also meet at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. And you can contact them at 605-593-7045. This is George A. Sinke with the Lord's Church. Goodbye for now, and remember to check out what I've taught with God's Word. We hope you enjoyed this program. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, or Podbean. Thanks for listening.